If you want to scale your business, you need to approach growth in a collaborative, nimble, and data-driven way. What is the best way to do that? By building or working with a growth team. The show is called Growth Team Radio. We thought it might be a good idea to chat about what a growth team is. What does a growth team look like and what is it like to work with one? We'll cover all of that and more in this episode of Growth Team Radio. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news. You're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I'm your host, Mallory Kuhn, growth marketer at Lean Labs. I'm joined today by Chris Dubois, CEO of Lean Labs, and our special guest, Kevin Barber, our head of growth. So today we're talking about growth teams. The growth team uh, is a concept that was piloted by Facebook. And after Facebook's success with the the approach, it was picked up by a bunch of Silicon Valley staples, Uber, Airbnb, Pinterest. um, And it's, you know, uh, taken off uh, since then. So let's dive in with kind of a a high-level question, and I'm going to kick it to Chris first here. So high-level, what does does a growth team do? So a growth team, man, there's like a lot of ways you can take this, okay? But ideally, a growth team is just focused. A team built focused primarily on growth. It differs from any other type of team because everyone else is focused on their kind of siloed things, right? Marketing is focused on certain metrics. Sales is focused on certain metrics. Service focus on certain metrics. Instead, a growth team comes together cross-functional, very data-driven, and is looking at how to how to influence growth rates across the board. So now, like the marketing team actually cares about what sales is able to do with their leads and what service is able to do. And they're able to consolidate all of this information and all this data in order to make better informed decisions so that they can see growth faster, better. They're not making a lot of the same mistakes that you might have if you were doing something else otherwise. Excellent. And so Kevin, um, you know, you, you're the founder and, and head of growth here at Lean Labs. What made you want to use the growth team approach? So what does a growth team do that made you want to go with this approach for our team? Right. So I think that the easiest way to kind of separate, well, why would I think about a growth team? How is that different? Is just to draw some contrast between that and a traditional marketing team. Okay. And so I definitely started out in the traditional marketing team, kind of running a traditional marketing agency. So if you don't mind, I will, I will kind of draw some distinction that way. Um, The traditional marketing team, whether it's in-house or outsourced, it doesn't matter, tends to be focused on output, not outcome. Right. So if you ask them how things are going, they could they could say, hey, our our campaigns are on schedule. Everything's looking great. I'm super proud of where we're at. Meanwhile, the company can be entirely off of missing its goals like those can simultaneously be true, but not on a growth team because a growth team is not as focused on output as they are on outcome. Right. And then like a traditional marketing team tends to be focused on just the the entry into the funnel or the flywheel, right? Just like driving traffic, driving leads, driving traffic, driving leads. And if we get more traffic and we get more leads, we must be good at marketing, right? Um, Whereas a growth team is actually looking at the entire entire conversion journey, right? So so how many traffic, how much traffic are we getting? It's a a metric that's valuable. What, What is 
who are we acquiring onto our list? How many of those are actually qualified? How many people that come onto our list are actually raising their hands looking for engagements with sales? And how are we influencing that number? Right. As well as, you know, how many of those people are, are becoming opportunities and closing and how many of those people are we getting great results for and how many of those people are coming back to be raving fans, giving recommendations, reviews, testimonials and all the things that actually drive more people into into our business. And like a growth team is focused on those outcomes more so than whether we got more traffic and leads, because inside of most traditional marketing companies, sales is ignoring marketing because sales believes the leads that marketing is getting suck. <laughs> right. So, so there's kind of a little bit of a, of a deal. And, you know, as Chris already alluded to, you know, a, a traditional marketing team may feel like the, the, the triumph is in growth and awareness, but, but in a growth team, it's like, it's looking for quarter over quarter growth rates of all of the key metrics. And, and of all of them, traffic is probably the least important. Mm-hmm. So, so that's basically the game. Awesome. So we're looking into creating a growth team, right? Let's say we're going to start one from the ground up. Um, who are the key players? Like who do we need to have on our growth team for it to be considered a growth team? Uh, I'll kick this one to Kevin first. Right. So let me start with with what a growth team isn't. Um, a growth team is not a, a a team of growth hackers and growth hackers. Well, I believe in growth hacking, which is running a high tempo of experiments in order to find out what works and back those ideas with data so that you can roll that out and then start iterating on it to find even a better version. That's growth hacking. Right. Growth hacker, which is that that mythical you know, a person that can do all of the copy and all of the design and do some light coding and run your video and run your social and do your ads and do your retargeting, (laughs) you know, and see, meanwhile, run all your analytics, maybe help out with sales, create those email workflows um, and run those reports. Like, I just don't believe that person exists. Right. And and if anything, it is a growth hacker is codename for a generalist that, that has a basic understanding of some of these things, but expertise most likely in none. Right. The jack of all trades uh, issue. Right. Right. So like if you were to think about like at the core, what is the what is the, the necessary skills in order to start with a growth team? It's first just understanding what those metrics are. Um, because for a B2B company that has a, you know, an actual sales team, they're, they're doing a, a complex sales, meaning they're not buying it online, like a, like an e-commerce website, but they're actually going out through a complex sales process with oftentimes multiple stakeholders. You're going to have someone who is helping customers make great decisions through sales meetings. You're going to have a salesperson or team. Right. right. Whether that's a, a team of you know experts or you have setters and closers is, is, is up to your organization and its maturity. Right. But you're going to have sales. The second thing you're going to have is you're going to have people that are basically doing, um, you know, marketing and marketing in a way that you're driving insights before you worry about volume. So normally you're bringing some sort of subject matter expert into the marketing team. They are championing the change that you make in the market. There's going to be some sort of sale, uh, SME thought leader, et cetera, uh, that, that is guiding that. And, and frankly, some of the rest of the team can be revolving around that SME to interview them 
uh, in order to create the content for the various channels that your company deems hot, right? And whether that's a social channel or whether that's a search channel like YouTube or Google or other channels, you're, you're going to be taking the insights and, and you're going to be working through that SME to oftentimes the SMEs are great, uh, great insights, but poor packaging. And then right. the marketer's job is to repackage that to being to, to have engaging hooks and then to package the compelling insights in a consumable way that works well on those channels. Right. And so that, those are the skills that you want to bring to the game. Sales first, SME second, kind of like that packaging marketer. Right. That, that's drawing insights from sales and marketing uh, in the SME. And then the, the last component would be success, like a big part of, you know, running a growth team is, you know, you have this promise that you're bringing to the market. You sell customers on this promise now let's use success and, and, and move them from support into success. And like, let's prove that we actually got the result for these clients. Let's prove it. Let's document it. Let's share it. And let's use that as evidence to drive even more marketing. And so by bringing in, you know, transitioning from support to success, you know, bringing in sales, having that SME, at least one, uh, and then in packaging that with with a marketer, someone who understands the channels that they're working in, uh, those are the bare foundations of running a growth team. Oftentimes, if you're more of a SaaS company, you're going to bring someone in from products too, because we're thinking about the onboarding and what's happening on those. When it's more of a B2B enterprise play, you know, still probably insightful to have access of product to understand what's supposed to be happening <laughs> with onboarding and products, reports, and all those pieces. Perfect. So Chris, if you're going to build a skeleton crew, yeah, you're going to fill, let's say, six roles, five or six roles on your growth team. What are the titles? Like what if we're like looking nitty gritty, what kinds of people are you bringing in to work on your growth team? So I, I want to highlight something Kevin just said, right? It really oh, matters yeah. what skills you're we're trying to do. So if you get on Google right now, right, and type in what's a growth team, they're going to tell you what positions those are. But like that, those positions could change per team. It doesn't matter what the position is, what the title is. And so like, even with the skeleton crew, right? It really matters that you, you have someone who can run sales. You have an SME who's likely they're the one kind of leading that team, right? And being able to provide all the insights that they, everyone else can share and package and do things with. And you have a marketer who's doing that. And then you got your success team who's making it happen um, on that kind of back end. But like, so the skeleton crew doesn't really... It's like, as long as you have someone who can do those, like it can, you can have yeah. one person doing a bunch of those things, right? And then you, you grow. So if you're a super small company, the, the founder is going to have a, a large role in a lot of these things starting out. And they might be able to kind of keep pulling back less as, as they get a bigger team um, later on. They have more specialists who can do all of these things. But I think it's important that you focus on the skills as you're building the team rather than the actual positions and titles. Um, with one of the, one of the other key, elements there being that you're you're trying to improve the experience across the board <clears throat> right so when someone comes to your website are they able to find what they need on the site and collect the insights that will actually drive them to that next step right is that experience for them good to get them to the next level once they're starting to talk to sales is that experience good um, once they're actually in the product right is the adoption easy of the of the software or whatever you're you're offering is actually using your tool easy, right? So product now gets involved and you start getting some of that, but 
if you focus on that and now you're looking at the growth rates across the board, like you can just keep refining the experience, making it better, and now using some of these KPIs to to be able to identify what those are, and you can now fix those or make them better, right? Optimize across the board. So to answer the original question, I wouldn't focus on a skeleton crew of anyone. I would just focus on making sure you got someone for each of those skills. Right. Right. And if I can chime in on that, you know, one of the questions I think a lot of companies might ask is what would it look like if I switched over to a growth team and tried to fund that out of the gate? And, you know, when you think about having, in my opinion, it's always minimum two people in sales, one for the competitiveness of it. Right. And then two, because oftentimes what's working in more of that enterprise B2B is a setter and a closer at minimum, if not a setter and two closers. Right. right? Um, and the idea is, is that, you know, if you're thinking about minimum two people in sales and you have that SME, right, you're up to three and you have someone from success or right? up to four people. And if you start adding various marketing disciplines, like someone who's great on copywriting, someone who's great on video, someone who's who's running a podcast, for example, and and, and people that are, uh, you know, supporting things out in newsletters, ops, reportings, all that, it's not really hard to get up to eight or nine or 10 people. And if you right. were to kind of consider that the eight to 10 person team, you know, at, if you're in a major city, you're talking about a million dollars a year. You're talking about $80,000 a month uh, and and a million dollars a year uh, for this team. And that's before you have any overhead in your growth stack, like the various tools that you're running. Um, so that could be very expensive. So one of the reasons um, Lean Labs even exists is to come in and help establish what a growth team can be, establish the framework and operate as an outsourced growth team uh, who has the, the, the systems, the people, the tools, the processes that we come in and can establish. And then you get to backfill one person at a time into your growth team uh, when you have the right person uh, for each role. Uh, that's oftentimes how you get there because going to that million dollar annual burn rate just on people out of the gate is oftentimes a, uh, it's a real gamble. Why would you make the gamble? Why, why don't you go out and prove your marketing profitable, have systems and processes in place, and then backfill out of a system that works? Um, you know, I think that, that that's how you jump past that super scary, you know, hire and pray, you know? And then if you are hiring and, you know, it's incredibly important, if you want to build it on house, I fully commend you, but make sure you're hiring people that have done it before. Because otherwise, who is going to train them? Who is going to manage them? Who? Where are the systems and processes coming from? How are they doing reportings? Like, and, yep. and you're going to spend a few years getting that figured out. So, um, right. so, so, like, if you do do it all in house, full commitments, but make sure the person has gotten the result and done the thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, that kind of brings up a a question that I had on on the list here. Um, how what advice would you have for uh, steering a business who's looking to make that decision, right? Would they, should they hire a team internally or should they work with a hybrid uh, or an outsourced team? Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the budget factor, um, but are there any other considerations? Like what kinds of, of things should they need to be thinking about when they're making that decision? Um, I'll kick this one to Chris first. Sure. So, <clears throat> For one of the key kind of points, right? You can't outsource growth. Like you can't just cash a check, give it to like an agency and say, hey, make it happen, right? Which is why I think 
like our hybrid model where like, yes, you can outsource us as a growth team, but we're still going to need like you as the SME. We don't know everything about your product. We don't talk to all of your customers. We need you coming in to help us with this. Right. And so following this model, the founder is now involved. And so I think that's important because whether you're a funded company or not, you have right. Like if you're funded <clears throat> immediate thought for a lot of founders is let me go spend this money on getting a team and and putting my money there. Now I don't have to focus on all of these other problems. I can focus on the stuff I do well and I enjoy. And versus being actually involved in the process because you have these customer insights, right? You started the company, you know what's going on. You have this this grand vision. Let's use that um, to make all this stuff happen. And so knowing that that's one one critical piece, right? The founder or whoever that growth leader, right? The founder might actually be too busy, but they might have a CMO or someone else in the company that that can be that subject matter expert because they're so ingrained in, in everything with the company. And so they can kind of fill that position. But someone there has to be like the growth leader, right? The person who is committed to making all this happen and kind of overseeing everything. So that's one growth mindset, obviously, right? Carol Dweck, um, you got you to gotta have that. If you're not willing to fail, right, in order to, to learn stuff and actually test things and see what works, uh, like if you're super risk adverse, you're not going to make the right steps um, and you're not going to do it fast enough. Speed uh, is critical in business, as everyone probably knows. Um, and you got to be data driven. Like, let's not just we're not going to go with hunches and gut feelings like you want someone who can actually look at the numbers and say, hey, this seems feasible. Right. When we're running tests, we're looking at like, where's the low hanging fruit? Where can we see the most uh, most ROI for whatever we're putting out so we can we can actually grow, right? If we want to have a 22% growth rate quarter over quarter, what things can we do in order to achieve that right now? And those are going to be different the next quarter and the quarter after, right? Especially as the company starts starts to actually grow and move through the phases of growth, we're starting to focus on different things. And so, <clears throat> but being able to make those decisions with data, I think makes everything a lot stronger. And so coming in knowing that you're going to be focused on that is... Uh, helpful um and then obviously being just customer focused that's where everything stems from yeah Yeah, and if i was to piggy tail on that like i think he's 100 percent right that you know getting to those metrics and having the data that guides you because here's going to be the the more right here's the reality when you first try some stuff you're going to use that data to go yep i thought not but it's definitely not working you know, right. this result definitely sucks. <laughs> and, and not only was I feeling that already, but now I can prove it convincingly with data, right? And, and this gives me the area of focus that I need to change, right? And and when you start thinking about how, to, how where does this come from, like here would be my advice to that uh, company owner, startup leader, you know, founder, who's probably wearing 17 hats and go, great, now I need a growth team. <laughs> right. Um, so like the idea is, is that in, in an ideal world, that founder is probably shifting hats in an early stage startup or small company uh, between success and sales in the beginning. Right. And, and, and what, I, what I would suggest is, is get a system for success first. Right. So that that's the first one you're going to hand off while you're still involved in sales. Right. So so get a system where you know exactly what result you promise 
And then you can document that you're delivering that result. And that's going to be great fuel for your marketing. And when you have a team of uh, a team of people and a team of people may be a team of person <laughs> that can that can help make sure that, that you know what outcome you're expecting, what the milestones are, what the steps are to deliver that result, the result they're 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 owning it and they're flagging you when anything goes amiss. Now you can hand off success. Right. Uh, and then the second thing you're going to want to do is you're going to focus on sales until you have, you know, a documented process of what needs to happen in each meeting in order to get a result. And most likely who you hire, especially in the beginning, will not be as good as you. Right. But when that is their sole focus, they will ultimately outperform you because they get to do it all week long. Right. right. And then what you want to do is you want to skip the 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 huge mistake that a lot of companies make, which is going straight to scale. Okay, we have success, we have sales, we're just going to go out and scale because what happens is you tend to be pushing people into a growth system, whether that's your website, your funnel, your flywheel, that actually is not profitably creating customers. So like the next phase is who do I need that can come in and help me give me get me profitable marketing, even if it's small time. It's profitable. I put X dollars in, I get Y dollars out in the form of customers, right? And then you scale, right? And that's where that data-driven approach comes from because normally our intuition on what people will want to see and buy as the, those product people that we're so in-depth in our own stuff, generally our first attempts are not do not lead to profitable campaigns. Normally, we have to go back into the way that that and understand what are the aha moments that a customer needs in what order uh, across what experiences, touch points, reminder points, nurturing, follow up, etc. In order to make this happen, and normally that takes some real refinement, and uh, and that's the step that probably teams skip that a growth team is so great at solving because you have, it's like having the gauges in the airplane. You don't even need great visibility. You can just look at the gauges and be like, that one is reading F minus. You know, right. we have to fix that. So, so that's basically the game. That's a great point. So we talked about rushing to, to scale, right? Too quickly. Kevin, what are some of the other biggest mistakes that you've seen businesses people make when they're trying to implement or work with a growth team? Right. So there's probably a couple things. Um, the, the first thing is, is that if it's your first time going out to a cold market, right? So there's so many companies that have a great product and they have great sales when it's an affiliated sale. And my definition of an affiliated sale is it didn't come in cold. So they were recommended by one of your software partners. They were recommended by one of your customers. They heard of you at a conference because they saw you on stage. Like all of those paths, you have instant trust with those prospects, right? right. Um, and when you're first going out, there tends to be an assumption that you will have that, that instant trust in the cold market, which is entirely untrue. So then you take the exact same thing that crushed it on stage, you put that on your website and it's crickets, right? Uh, even the crickets don't leave comments. So like you have nothing, right? And like the deal is, it's like, why is this not working? And, you, and sometimes there's this belief that, oh, well, well, marketing doesn't work for us, right? Well, what it is, is we're just not getting people the right things in the right order. They're seeing that message and they're not finding it to be relevant to them, right? Uh, and, and when you have someone... And you're on a stage and they're in a chair, they tend to give you just a little bit longer than they were when they're on your website, 
right? Or when they saw your social media post. And, and what happens is, is the biggest mistakes is not spending a lot of time to understand exactly what is the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and the day that the person I'm trying to reach is struggling with. So when I hit with them with a message, it's not about me. It's about them. Right. And that's what stops them in their tracks and has them go, oh, wow, he is talking about me, my life, my challenges, my goals, you know, my failures, frustrations, et cetera. And he is giving me a shortcut. He's getting me a path. He's giving me an insight. He or she, by the way, um, is, is doing those things. And like, that's how you get someone's attention. And once you have done that a few times, you know, you can kind of, you, you can then have built yourself enough credit to give yourself an introduction to, you know, would you like to see how we help companies do blank without blank? And you can do you can you can buy yourself that introduction. I think that the the biggest critical mistake is we go to market go, go to market thinking as soon as people see it they will love it. And right and think about any purchase you've made that the moment you saw it, other than Chat GPT, oh my, uh, <laughs> that the moment you saw it you loved it. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So just you know we're we're not necessarily. They're not customer focused enough or tailoring the message in that in that direction right. early enough. And the reasons um, why these these giant companies, HubSpots, you know, ClickFunnels, the the you know the Facebooks, the the Ubers, all of these companies set up growth teams is because even they, when they push out to market, they're finding that most of the time it's not as performance as they would have wished. Right. And they're setting up the metrics to understand what is and isn't working so they can go to work on it right away. Most of the time is not doing more, more, more. Most of the time it's figuring out how to make my thing work lots better. Right. Right. And uh, and that is the game in the early stages. And until you get to profitable marketing, profitable unit economics, you really want to not think about vast quantities of numbers, but actually getting to good numbers. Yeah. So th then you dial it up. And, and, and do repetition. Yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Chris, any uh, other big mistakes that you've seen clients make or, or not clients, other people in the business? So <laughs> I say once they do, as they are starting to think about the growth team, having just unrealistic expectations based on how they're setting their goals. Um, like everything Kevin just said is hundred percent true. And now once you do have that message and people are coming to your site and they're starting to convert, you're like, the sky's the limit. Let's do it. Uh, when in reality, you still got some tweaking to do, right? There are certain things that you got to do first before you can actually scale. Uh, but actually make, setting those goals based on the data, like what is feasible, right? If we're only getting, if you're getting a couple thousand people to your site every week, you're probably not converting, you know, to MQL at 50 plus percent. Right. And so like you just looking at the numbers that you're actually basing it off. Right. You can be optimistic. You can set some like moonshot goals. Um, but that's where you're going to start to fall apart when especially when you start trying to hold people accountable to those goals that are unrealistic in the first place. It's a great point. So we've talked a little bit about the, the, the sad side. Right. The mistakes that we've seen. Uh, uh, let's let's. <laughs> Switch to a more positive note. Um, what are some of the benefits that uh, you can enjoy? <laughs> uh, some of the benefits that are offered by working with or implementing a growth team. Um, Chris, we'll start with you this time. Sure. Well, I mean, we can just take the inverse of everything we. <laughs> yeah. Just well, that's you know, I just want to um, try to bring back the positivity here on the show. <laughs> so you get you have the opportunity to collect better insights, right? You get to see when you put something out to the market, how does the market respond to it? 
and you get to collect that really fast and then iterate on it, iterate, optimize, or pivot, you know, as necessary. And you get to do that really quick. So you have a team who's focused on doing this. Um, so just that in itself, it's like, why would you not take this approach? Right. Um, but, uh, other benefit, like I think switching to a growth team also offers the opportunity for sustained growth where because your teams are all working together, right. You can focus on growth rates. And so like you're looking at actual conversion percentages between some of these metrics, how is our traffic converting to leads, to MQLs, to SQLs. And now we can say, all right, how do we need to tighten the gap on all of these? And as you do that, it just it builds a system where now you can you can replicate and continue getting these results over time, rather than focusing on just what you think is like a quick problem to fix. That might not be the actual problem that needs to be resolved at the time, right? Um, just saying, hey, let's get more people to the site. Doesn't matter if your site isn't converting. Let's focus on getting conversions on the site, making sure that's working before we try uh, bringing more people in. And so having a team that can actually think through all those things because they're focused on growth overall, um, it's a massive benefit. Kevin, what are your thoughts on some of the the pluses of working with a growth team? Right. So for the glass half full version, imagine knowing for sure you're working on exactly the right problem. Yeah. Right. And And knowing for sure exactly what your metric is that you're trying to hit. And knowing for sure that you're following a process that makes sense, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Imagine knowing for sure that, like, it, if that for the next ninety days we have a very clear outcome that's actually going to move the needle, right? We're not just doing more things, and we're not just trying new things randomly, but we're kind of following a process that's that's reverse engineering what has proven to work, you know. Um, so, so there can be a confidence that if you come into this and you follow the process that 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 you're going to be successful because there's just too many examples of that occurring. Now, there is still the fire. There is the fire of like when you put that thing live, it may not be it, the likelihood of that being the peak performing version. The moment you put it live is relatively low. But but mm-hmm. there on the backside of that, you have the confidence of math at your side. Uh, and oftentimes what is actually hindering growth is just simply bad math is unsustainably math and unsustainably unsustainable math un unscalable math. Most companies are looking to scale growth, but they do not have math that supports it. So the growth team comes in and fixes those foundational problems. And then when the stuff is engaging and converting, marketing feels easy. And when, when you're, when your core foundation is not engaging, not converting, not performant, there's gaps, there's dead ends, there's drop-offs, right? It feels like marketing doesn't work and it's unprofitable. And that represents still a majority of companies. Right. Yep. Excellent. That about wraps up our chat on what is a growth team. Um, So thank you so much for joining me today, Kevin and Chris. This has been a great discussion about working with a great growth team and how it's a great way to stay laser focused on your KPIs, keep your team nimble and make incremental process or progress towards your large scale goals. Um, So thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and make sure you never miss an episode. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.